great to see you. Well, we are today um, coming to the E in these fire values, these four fire values. It's the first Sunday in Advent. The rest of Advent we'll be doing Adventy things, but we're going to finish up with this E. And uh, as I was sitting there, I was just thinking, well, what am I going to say? Because there's such a temptation to say very little and to do a lot more. Um, because this E is about extending the kingdom through the equipping, the empowering, and the anointing of the Spirit, which is what's been happening all morning, <laughs> you know? And so as we've been hearing about what God has been doing in bringing healing into Florence's life, as we stand on those promises of God and declare that his promises are yes and amen over Tricia and over our friends, as we have prayed for these people, places, and situations that we long to see God's hope coming, we're already doing it. And it's the spirit that's moving in us and through us and around us and among us that's doing that stuff. So um, I'm just wanting to try and be obedient to what I think God has shared, put on my heart to share, but also to leave space today. So I think we're going to try and aim for shorter message, longer ministry time. Um, which probably gives you a problem, does it? Is that okay? <laughs> Looking to Rob, because he's just now thinking about some time to fill with helping the rest of us worship and come into God's presence, which is the place where we experience him, and we come to know more of him, and where we reach out in faith. As a church, we sign up and we ascribe to these values. We think these are important. These inform what we're about. And so as a church, we believe in, but we also need to be in the business of seeing God's kingdom get extended and grow. <clears throat> when we think about that kingdom, what we're thinking about is the place where the Heavenly Father's rule and reign is lived out, whether that's in heaven or here on earth. So we're not talking about earthly kingdoms in the sense that we can draw a geographical boundary around it and say that bit of land there, that's God's kingdom, but the bit budding up against it, that's Bob's kingdom or whatever. It's not that kind of a kingdom. Let me explain. Jesus used this expression. He said, look, he said, if I, if I cast out a demon by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In that moment, in this place, at the time when that demonic power has been resisted in the name of the Father and it flees, in that moment, this place, the place we're standing on, that person's heart, that whole situation becomes where the kingdom is. God's rule and God's reign has been made manifest in that moment and in that time and in that place. It is constantly being made manifest in the heavenly realm. We know, we see pictures of that in the scripture of places where angels and elders are surrounding the throne room praising and God speaks and his kingdom is absolutely manifest there. But it gets manifest here on earth, it gets worked out, we get to see it in moments where God's kingdom is revealed. And when Jesus came, if we read Mark's gospel, the first part of the message, the first challenge that he brings is he tells us that we should repent because the kingdom is near. And in the scripture, what we see, and we're, I'm going to skip over this bit. I love this bit, and I get very excited about it. I'm going to skip over this bit. We'll do it another time. But there is this three-part kind of journey to the kingdom of God. And there's a sense in which the kingdom is near. It is coming. It is approaching. There's a sense in which it is here. It's right here, and it's right now. And there's a sense in which it's a future reality as well. 
It is coming, it's here, and it is to come. That blows you the brain a bit, doesn't it? It's a bit like this. You know, it's a, a bit like our salvation, our being made right with Jesus. There is a, a moment in which we decided to become followers of Jesus. And, and if you haven't yet decided to become a follower of Jesus, just take a look at what's been happening here this morning. That's the Jesus who loves you and longs to have you in his family. I don't know what more you need, really. But that Jesus loves you and wants you in his family. So that moment we say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to live your way, we're saved. We're in the kingdom. We're part of that. But then... We are called to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So there's that, like, we're okay, we're in the kingdom now, but now we've got to figure this stuff out. And it changes our lives. And it's constantly changing our lives. And so the fruit of the Spirit, as God's Spirit comes into our lives, begins to be seen and we start to grow in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. All these things become more and more evident in our lives. This transformation takes place, and the way that we interact in the world changes. We become more loving. We start to reflect the nature and the character of Jesus. That old way of living gradually just dies and withers and goes as we become more and more like Jesus. We're working out what it means to be saved, and it's transforming us in the here and now. But there will come a moment either when we die or when Jesus comes, when the kingdom will come in all of its fullness, and we will be completely saved. So we're saved. The moment we decide to become a follower of Jesus, we're being saved, we're working out, there's a transformation taking place, but there's a time that will come when that will be completely done. Does that make sense? And so it is with the kingdom. The kingdom is always kind of near and it's coming and there's more to do. It's right here because it's the places where we are and we're bringing God's kingdom, but there's a moment when it will come in all its fullness when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom once and for all. So we live in this moment where we're seeing God's kingdom come in ways that reflect the, the values of God's kingdom, show us who the king is, not in the way that we will see fully and finally at the end of time or when we die, but we see it coming here. How does this work? Well, on that great and final day when Jesus returns and the kingdom comes in all of its fullness, the devil and all of his angels will be dealt with once and for all. Somebody give me a hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful news? Until that moment, we resist the devil and he flees and we see the kingdom come. Until that moment when somebody is oppressed by a spirit, we command that spirit to leave and there is deliverance in Jesus' name and God's kingdom comes. When the kingdom comes in all of its fullness, there will be, oh hallelujah, no more death, no more mourning, no more crying and no more pain because the old order of things will have passed away. Hallelujah. Until that day there's healing in the name of Jesus and God's kingdom comes. Upon that day, everything within us that has been corrupted by this sinful nature that we were born into will be dealt with once and for all. We'll catch a glimpse of his glory and we will be made, as the scripture says, just like he is. In the twinkling of an eye, we'll all be changed and we will become like him. Could you imagine that? Until that day, we confess our sin to one another and he's faithful and just and he forgives us our sin. So where God's kingdom comes in this earth, there is forgiveness, there is healing, there is deliverance, there is restoration, there is hope. And God's kingdom is coming more and more. It will come ultimately and completely one day. But until that day, we are called to be participating with Jesus in the extending of that kingdom. We live now 
to see more people experience the kingdom and come into it. Friends, this is why you are still here. This is why you're still here. The scripture tells us that Elijah, when he died, was taken off into heaven, yeah? Into a chariot and off he goes. Enoch, what happened to Enoch, everybody? Tell me, somebody. He was out for a walk with the Lord and then the scripture says he was no more. He was just taken off into heaven. That plays all sorts of tricks on your evangelical theology, doesn't it? No, he had to die because it's for all men to face death once and then face judgment. Well, you can argue with scripture if you like. Here's the thing. The moment that you became a follower of Jesus, he could have looked on you and smiled and said, I'm going to save you from misery for the rest of your life. In this moment, you are perfect. You are entirely sanctified. Just before you sin, let's take you to be in heaven now. But he didn't. He left you here. Left you here because he wanted you to experience the daily grind of the commute. <laughs> Left you here because there were some more messy nappies that only you could change with that flair that you have for doing it. Left you here so that you could experience more suffering, experience more guilt, experience more pain. That's why he left you here. No. He left you here because there's something you can do here on earth that you can't do in heaven. And he needs you to do it. And it is encounter people who don't know him. When we get to heaven, everybody there will know him. That's how they'll get there. One way or another, everybody who gets to heaven gets there because they know Jesus. You are not going to lock eyes with anybody when the kingdom comes in all its fullness who doesn't know Jesus. But right now, you can. Right now, you can. When we get to heaven, and this cuts me to the quick, Jesus won't need me to preach any more sermons. He might get Rob to lead worship. Because the time for preaching sermons will be done. It's time to live in his glory when we get there. And right now what we're about is about inviting others to come and join us that they might be where he is. That they might be where we're going. So we're in the business, friends, now. That's what we're here for, of seeing others come into God's kingdom of using whatever time we have left, whatever resources he's given us, to see his kingdom get extended. That's what we're here for now. How about that? So if you bought into a model of church, which is what I'm here for now is to come to church on Sunday, give my offering so that some staff can get on and do the stuff, we're really grateful that you're here, but I've got some news for you. There's way much more that God has got for you. Because that thing you find yourself doing nine o'clock on a Monday morning, God's got a purpose in it. God's got a plan for it. There's people that you encounter through the week who don't know him yet. There's a reason you're the one encountering them. Because you have something in you that he wants to grow. The kingdom in you with a growing influence. Seeing it extended. Seeing others come to know you. To know him, sorry. Knowing you is fine, but knowing him is better. Now, I have met people in the past, plenty of them, who can really argue well for the gospel. We have a language for it. We call them apologists, 
It's a particular style of evangelism that's, that's kind of like, and it's an important style of evangelism that deals with some of the tough questions and comes up with the good answers. But here's the thing. When it comes to seeing the kingdom truly extended, God didn't give us a good argument. That's not what he left us with. When Jesus was preparing his followers for the fact that he was going to die and go and be with the Father, he doesn't say, now I'm going to go and be with my Father. I'm trusting God, trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you, but I'm going to prepare a place so that you can be there with me. Oh, that's all good news, isn't it? Hallelujah. And it's really good news for you because if I go, I'll give you the secret to where the secret book is hidden. It's a secret book with all of the knowledge in it, with all of the smart answers, with every repost and response that you'll ever need. No. In that time when he's preparing his followers for the fact that he's leaving, he does promise that if he goes, he's going to send them something, but it isn't a book. Tell me what it is. It's the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one that's going to guide them into all truth. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to come into their lives and enable them to speak in the moment where they're held up and they're questioned. It's the Holy Spirit that's going to come into their lives and enable them to do the stuff that he's been doing. It's the Holy Spirit in them that, is, that Jesus is putting in them to send them out. First of all, to where they're living, into Jerusalem, and then into their region, Judea, and then the whole of the neighboring region, Samaria, and then into the whole of the known world. In what power, with what argument? Not with an argument, in the power of the Spirit. The gifts that Jesus is going to give to the church, that he's given to the church, but in that moment of promising to the disciples, the things that he knows that are coming, are the things that they're going to need to see the kingdom come in all of its fullness. You're going to need to prophesy, so I'm going to make you be able to prophesy and speak God's words into a situation. You're going to be able to sing in such a way that people from foreign languages are going to hear that stuff and they're going to hear the worship and the praise of God. When you encounter situations, there's going to be moments where you're going to need to know, is this God at move in this moment or is the devil up to something and he's seeking to kind of draw us away down some blind alleyway? So God's going to give you a discernment of spirits. There'll be times when you're going to be faced with the sick and so you'll be able to heal them and put your hands on them and they'll be healed and they'll be fully restored. There'll be times when you'll need to walk on water so I'll give you miraculous powers. There'll be times when you'll need to stop the storm. There'll be times when you'll be listening to someone and you will just say, there is something I am missing in this story and I can't figure out what it is. I need a wisdom beyond my human wisdom. There'll be times when you're making plans and you're going to need to know that would be the right thing to do. And God says, I'm going to enable you to do it. I'm going to enable you to do it. The way that God's kingdom gets extended, the tools that he's given us, the equipment that he's given us to do it, the power that exists within us to see those things come to reality is the power of the Holy Spirit that God gives liberally to his church. Literally, he pours it out. He pours it out. I'm mindful that we haven't looked at the scripture yet. And I'm a Baptist, so we'll get shot if I don't. So um, let's take a look at a few scriptures, shall we? Acts chapter 5 is a good place to start, I think. <clears throat> Acts chapter 5. The apostles, I'm reading from verse 12, if you want to turn your Bible on or open it up. 
Is it just me or is it now ridiculously hot in this building? Thank you, Phil. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. Get this. No one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord, were added to their number, and as a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Wow. Now, just in case you don't get the subtext to that, the reason people do that is because at least on one occasion in the past, Peter's shadow has hit somebody and they've got healed. That's why you do that kind of a thing. How? Because Peter's shadow was different from yours and my shadow. His was extra thick. Like it was really dark. And they entered a moment of darkness and reflection and then they came out of light and it was a revelation. No! No! It's nothing to do with the light quality in his shadow, everything to do with the spirit that was anointing him. Crowds gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and one or two were healed. No, all of them were healed. The anointing of God, his Holy Spirit, at work among the people, causing his kingdom to be extended. Carry on going. Let's go to... Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's take a look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God. God's power. Take a look at that. How long have we spent trying to extend the church and call people to faith by just using human wisdom? We'll come up with a great argument. Now let me be absolutely clear. It's important we have the arguments. You know, we look at Paul and the model of his ministry and he would go into the places where the arguments were taking place and he would argue the case for Christ. He would do that. Look in Acts chapter 17, 18, see what he does. But Paul is saying it's not about the words. What's the really convincing thing is when God's power shows up. This last week, I was away for a couple of days, or a day and a half, up in St. Albans with John Arnott and some of the leaders of Partners in Harvest. And it was my great joy and uh, delight to spend time with somebody that I used to work for and with back in the late 90s. And we did what old friends do, which is we began reminiscing and telling stories. The kind of gently teasing stories that only friends know about. And then the moments where we saw God do things. And there's a kind of shorthand way with friends. You know, do you remember the beach at Kilbride? And we would just laugh because we know what happened on the beach at Kilbride. Or do you remember the YWAM Center? Are you called to be a martyr? If you were here at our last abundance course, you'll know about that. That was the guy I was with. And then I said... Do you remember the old lady at Govan Hill? And he began to smile and he said, that was a night. And this was a dear lady at Govan Hill Elim Church up in Glasgow. 
And Jean Darnell, some of you will have heard of her, was praying for the sick at the end of a meeting. And I was with her, I was her minder, because sometimes people are a bit grumpy, you know, and not kind to old ladies. And so I'm taking her around, she comes to this lady and she begins to pray, and this lady begins to stand up, and this lady is bent a bit double like this, and she's clearly quite elderly and frail and struggling with arthritis, and her hands are gnarly, and she's bent over, and as Jean starts to pray, she starts to stand up, and the place went just mad, like properly wild, people screaming, people crying, people crying out to God. The praise goes through the roof, and there's no musicians going because people just start to sing praises to God, because they've been with this woman for her whole life. She's been in this church her whole life, and they've watched her double over as the years have gone by, and now all of a sudden she's standing excuse my tummy because the shirt's not long enough, with her arms in the air, praising God. And the place goes crazy. Why? Because Jean's message was out of this world. I mean, Jean preaches an amazing, or preached, she's dead now, preached an amazing message, but it wasn't her preach. It was the power of God at work in that place. There are no doubters in that church when that kind of stuff happens. When we hear of the God who takes little Florence and pours his healing in her life just days after a specialist has scratched their head and said she's going to need more tests. It causes God's kingdom to grow. It grows in us. Our expectation, our hope, our sense of what God can do begins to grow. And then we're, in, in, we're enabled, we're empowered to kind of share that with other people. How many of you now believe that Jesus heals eczema in toddlers? Yeah. So if a toddler came into this church and said, the family came in, oh, my daughter's got eczema, how many of you would think, oh, um, so I wish God could heal that, but I don't think he can? You wouldn't, would you? You know, because we've seen him do it. And so God's kingdom gets extended as his spiritual power comes into the church. And the purpose of that power coming into the church in the kind of gathered body is to convince us, to empower us, to enable us so that we live in that anointing when we go out of this place. Not so that we just enjoy him while we're here, but so that we're empowered by him while we're everywhere else that he scatters us. Friends, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. John, in his first John chapter 2, you can read it later, he talks about the anointing you have, and he talks about people who've drifted away. He says, but your anointing, your anointing is for those who follow hard after God. Your anointing is the one that keeps you on track. It's the anointing in us that enables us to live for God day by day by day. Friends, we all need more and more of that anointing. And when we have times demonstrated like today, when prophetic words are flowing, when we're praying in faith, when we hear of healing, I kind of want to pause and say, more of you, Lord. There's much more I wanted to say. I wanted to talk to you about equipping, about why we're doing what we're doing as a church. I wanted to talk to you about how the anointing comes and what that looks like. But I want us to move away from words and into a demonstration. So I'm going to invite the musicians to come back up in just a moment. And uh, when they come back up, I'm going to invite them to lead us. And as they do, I want to invite you to just respond to God. It may be this morning that what you need is to be prayed for, because it's been a long time since you've said, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I need you in my life. 
Maybe some of us need that wake-up call that we have been trying so hard, but it's all in our own strength. We've been trying to win our friends, our relatives, our associates, our neighbours for Christ, but we're doing it with our smart arguments and it's not enough. When I became a follower of Jesus, I heard a smart argument, but I went home that night and I prayed and I became fully aware that the presence of God was with me in that moment and it transformed my life forever, far more than the argument did. All the argument did was it got me thinking, it was the presence of God ministered, I believe, by his Holy Spirit into my life that caused me to have the faith that has grown in the world. So today, I want to invite you to come and to receive, to drink deeply from what God has for you. I want to invite, as I look around, Nina's gone, but Chris, would you be available to pray? Beth, are you available to pray? Uh, Philip, are you available to pray? Is that okay? Uh, I could do with another uh, woman. Gillian, are you up for praying for people? Um, in a few moments as we start to worship, I'm just going to kind of stay up here for a few moments and just be listening to Spirit, and if there's particular things I want to call out, I'll do that. But, um, and if we need more people praying, if you're not being prayed for, and I might just call on you to pray for people, so be aware of that. Um, but what I invite you to do is to just to come and into this space and the space on the side here and just have someone come pray for you. And first of all, just for that fresh infilling of God's Spirit for his anointing to fall again onto our lives, that we would join with him in that process of being saved and seeing his kingdom come in the here and in the now. Is that okay? So as we worship now, I want to invite you to, to get up from your seat and make your way down. Those first four folks that I've identified, if you're happy to come and pray, just come and just don't get into a counseling time. Just pray for the Holy Spirit to come into people's lives. Let's see what God does and we'll keep open to what we think he might be doing as we pray. Uh, keep listening to the Spirit. But let's respond to him. Let's not just talk about the anointing, but let's seek the anointing together. Can I invite you to stand as we worship?
So just come. Am I on? Am I on now? There we go. Just come. I want to pray for you to receive more of God's Spirit. For you to know that empowering. Maybe there's something in your workplace, in your home, in the places you're socializing. You long to see God come in His power and bring breakthrough into that area. Just come. Jenny, would you come and pray? Jenny, is that okay? Thank you. Charlie, you up for praying? Just want to come pray. Let's just pray for these folks. Just lay your hands on them. Ask God to fill, fill, fill with His Spirit. Fill with the Spirit and just come as you're ready, looking for breakthroughs with your friends, with your relatives, your associates, your neighbours. You want to see God's kingdom come more fully. Situations where the devil's at work and you want to see the yoke of oppression broken in Jesus' name. As you come, we're just going to pray for you to be filled with the Spirit afresh. Holy Spirit, would you come? Bring your anointing. Bring wholeness. Bring peace. Holy Spirit, come. Guys, guys, this is this is not just for your benefit. This is not for you to get the warm fuzzy feelings. This is because there's a lost world out there. There are people who need to have miracles. They need to see the kingdom of God break out. So don't hold back thinking, I've been prayed for before, you know. It's okay, not today, thanks very much. But actually, how many people in your life, in your world that you come across, need to see God move in power? They all need to see God move in power. We need more of him. Don't be polite and reserved and say, no, you're all right. We need more. Let's press in.